page one of the Bible is where I am opening my Bible, and I would love it if you would meet me there in Genesis chapter one. As Bradley mentioned, getting our hearts and our minds prepared, we have so much to be thankful for this morning. I am thankful that you are here and thankful for the opportunity to sing with you, remember with you, pray with you, and open up God's Word together right along with you. Bringing the best is our anthem for 2024. And two weeks ago, we spent a little bit of time in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. I encouraged you every time you, you see this graphic, Lord willing, throughout 2024, to pay attention to what is on the back of that truck. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 is a, a heartbeat sort of verse for us throughout 2024. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. What a great verse to frame everything that we are doing this morning. What a great verse to read from the beginning of a new God-given week. We tried to summarize that whole idea by going back and and noticing how often in both Old and New Testaments we are called as the people of God to live and serve and sacrifice and do everything that we do for the sake of His name. This morning I would love to take that idea that we spent a little bit of time summarizing using 1 Corinthians 10, 31, I'd love to take it really just a half step further this morning and, and draw your attention to a very similar verse, Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, same author writing to disciples of Jesus at the same point in time. The Holy Spirit leads the Apostle Paul to write, to brothers and sisters in Colossae, whatever you do in word or deed, sounds a lot like what he wrote to those in Corinth, do everything in the name of the Lord, the Lord Jesus. By God's design, names have always had significance. We'll be back on page one of the Bible in just a moment. You can see probably in page two of your Bible how after creating all of these things and, and creating man in his own image, God formed every beast of the field. He formed every bird of the heavens. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature that was its name. And ever since then, from Genesis 2 all the way to, for instance, Colossians chapter 3, we read about the significance, the, the power, the import of names. 
But what we've been trying to draw everyone's attention to here at the start of the year is we are being called to live for the sake of someone else's name. We are being called to live and serve and sacrifice and shine for the glory of someone else's name. To shine our lights so that we might have the opportunity to draw attention to someone else's name. In fact, we are gathered in His name this morning. The name of the Lord Jesus. The reason multiple times already this morning you and I have had the opportunity to approach the throne of God above and give thanks to Him is because we are invited and empowered to do that in someone else's name. The name of the Lord Jesus. And what I would love to reflect on with you this morning is, if our aim is bringing the best for the sake of His name, then spending a little bit of time reflecting on His name is a worthy endeavor. We did that at the very beginning of 2018. For a very specific reason, we, we introduced a, a different theme. We, we called it good news for tough times. And, and very early on in that year, we spent a little bit of time reflecting, well, we hear lots of news. Not all news is trustworthy. Not all news is, is worth listening to. Not all news is worth changing the course of my life for building my life upon. And so can I trust the one who is sharing this news? I would like to do very much the same sort of thing with you this morning. Drawing your attention even as the psalmist did in Psalm 111, holy and awesome is his name. If you get nothing else out of our time together this morning, I, I hope you get that. Holy and awesome is His name. And His name, I want you to see right there in Psalm 111, ought to have an impact on my life and on your life. Not all names you hear have an impact on your life. In fact, if you're like me, if you don't work really hard at it, you can hear someone's name and 10 seconds later not remember their name. Anybody ever experienced that before? We, we hear lots of different names, names that perhaps come and go in our consciousness, names that perhaps we remember one time and, and we never cross paths with that person. Again, our lives are largely unchanged by that name, but not this name. 
In the language of Psalm 111, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. Holy and awesome is his name. It is a name to be feared, a name to be practiced, a name to be to build our understanding upon a name to be praised. And so would you do a little bit of foundation building with me this morning? And even as we set our sails in 2024 to bring the best for the sake of His name. Would you realize with me how foundational and formative this name ought to be? After all, if someone comes at three in the morning and is pounding on your door and says, open in the name of the YMCA, I'm guessing you're not going to be all that amused. Someone calls and you faintly hear it at 3.30 in the morning, but you, you decide maybe that was just a, a part of my dream. But they call again and they call again and they call again and they say, I'm with this company and I would love to talk with you about renewing your car warranty. I'm guessing you're not going to be all that amused. But if the name is authoritative, and the name is powerful, weighty, if the name is precious, that makes all the difference. Is your Bible open to page one? If our aim is bringing the best for the sake of His name, learning and reflecting on some of these holy and awesome names is a worthwhile exercise. We're introduced in not just page one, but verse one, sentence one, statement one of God's written revelation to mankind. In the beginning, God, in the beginning, Elohim, a name of power, a name that introduces us to this creator and preserver of all things. That would be awesome all on its own if from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, Elohim is the way he has, is described, the creator and the provider of all things. But it gets much deeper, much more precious. You can turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 14, where he is introduced to us as El Elyon, God Most High. In fact, he is described on the basis of that name as possessor of heaven and earth. You see it there in Genesis 14, verse 22, where Abram, who has dedicated his life to following this God, says to the king of Sodom, I have lifted my hand to the Lord, El Elyon, God Most High. 
And I know that you're the king of Sodom, but let me tell you about this God. He is the possessor of heaven and earth. And I know that there are things, if we kept reading, I know, king of Sodom, there are things that, that you possess that you are even willing to share with me. But listen. The one who matters most to me is God Most High, the possessor of heaven and earth. A page or two over in Genesis chapter 16, we read about a, a servant in Abram's household named Hagar. And she, incredibly, in the midst of very difficult circumstances, Genesis 16 verse 13 calls the name of the Lord who spoke to her, you are El Roah, you are a God of seeing. For she said, truly here I have seen him who looks after me. How powerful. How precious that this being who could introduce himself simply as creator and preserver of all things or the God who sees everything is also introducing us in the very first book of an entire library of books. I am not simply the God who sees, I am the God who looks after people. In the next chapter, Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1, we are introduced to him as El Shaddai. Genesis 17 verse 1, when Abram was 99 years old, and the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. I am El Shaddai. Walk before me and be blameless. Do you see the powerful dots being connected all over these passages? It is not simply that the creator and preserver of all things says, listen up. This is where you have come from and I just want you to know I am here. Now, make the most of whatever it is you decide to do. No, he is the creator and preserver of all things. He is the God who sees. He is God most high, possessor of all things in heaven and on earth. And ever since there have been human beings, he has introduced himself and called us to base our lives on the way he introduces himself. I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. The psalmist in Psalm 91 verses 1 and 2 reflects on this name and its implications. He who dwells in the shelter of the most High will abide in the shadow of El Shaddai, the Almighty One. 
And look at what the psalmist says next. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Why did we use Psalm 62 this morning to open our assembly and prepare our minds and, and furrow the ground of our hearts for what we were about to see? Our God is an awesome God. Why was Psalm 62 a great way, a great note on which to begin everything that we're doing on this, the Lord's Day, together? Well, it's who He is and who we are to be in the light of who He is. He is, as Bradley read for us, our salvation, our glory, our mighty rock, our refuge is God. And the last verse that he read for us was a call to trust in Him. He is God Almighty. And there are lots of mighty and weak people with whom we will interact this week. There are a lot of mighty people who spend millions and millions of dollars to try and get your attention and have you build your loyalty and your allegiance on them. Whatever you do this week, remember who the Almighty One is. Remember the one who is infinitely and perfectly worthy of your trust. In Genesis 21, he is El Olam, the everlasting God. Listen to how he is described. In Genesis 21, verse 33, Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba and called thereon the name of the Lord, the Everlasting God. What's that mean? Well, the, the Psalms and the prophets help us get a sense of what that means and why that matters. In Isaiah 40 and verse 28, the question is asked, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is El Olam, the everlasting God. He is Elohim, the, the creator of the ends of the earth. Well, why does that matter? He does not faint. He does not grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. To this Jeremiah asks, his love is everlasting. In fact, it is God who empowers Jeremiah to communicate. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you, which is why the psalmist is moved to lead God's people in worship in Psalm 100. The Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. 
In Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 17, he is introduced as Adonai, the Lord of all the earth. Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 17, Moses communicates, The Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords. There are many so-called gods, many so-called lords, but you need to understand, you serve Adonai, the Lord of all the earth, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God who is not partial and takes no bribe. On the doorstep of the promised land, Joshua wants these people to understand he is the Lord of all the earth. Realize that as his ark passes over before you into the Jordan. Realize who goes before you today. Go with me to the second book of the Bible where the most profound explanation of who this God is it is given to Moses in Exodus chapter 3. You and I do very much the same sort of thing. You meet someone new and you frequently ask two questions. What's your name and where do you, what do you do? What's your name? What do you do for a living? What's your name? Who are you? How, how would you describe yourself? Understand that human beings have been doing that for, for thousands of years. And in Exodus chapter 3, when Moses asks Adonai, Elohim, the creator and preserver of all things, you mean you want me to go to the most powerful man on the face of the earth and demand that he lets all of his slaves go it's as if I'm knocking on his door at 3.30 in the morning and saying, let millions of slaves go in the name of Moses. He's not going to listen to me. My, my name doesn't have that sort of weight or power or authority. If he doesn't laugh at me, he'll kill me on the spot. In whose name can I possibly demand that the most powerful man on earth let his slave force go free? This is what God says. Exodus 3 verse 13. The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And if they ask what is his name, what shall you say? God says to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. And if we could train ourselves as we read our Old Testament from Genesis to Malachi, train ourselves to recognize how our English translations of the Bible are trying to help us when they give the name of God. In capital letters, L-O-R-D. What is being communicated there is this name. I am who I am is the one who is speaking here. I am the one who has always been. I am the one who is everywhere and knows everything and is all powerful. I am the one who does not faint or grow weary. The one who will always be. The one who is. 
disappearing. What are the implications of that? Well, David tries to help us in in Psalm 19, verses 7 through 11 and verse 14. You want to talk about the law of I am? It's perfect. Of course it is. He is. Does your soul need reviving? To whom are you listening? His testimony, it is sure. Of course it is. He is, I am. You're not sure which way to go at various forks in the road of your life? To whom are you listening? The precepts of I am are right. Is your heart thirsty for joy this morning? What have you been drinking? His commandments are pure, enlightening the eyes. The the fear of this God is clean, enduring forever. His rules are true and righteous altogether. In fact, What impact should his communication, the the revelation of himself and his will to you have on your life? In fact, it's more to be desired than gold. Even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. In the language of verse 11, moreover by them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Which leads in verse 14 to this servant praying To this God who hears, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, I am who I am. My rock and my redeemer. In Genesis 22, he is Yahweh Yireh. The Lord who provides. When a a ram is provided as a sacrifice for Abraham instead of Abraham's son, he calls the name of that place, Yahweh Yireh. I am will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. In Leviticus 20 he is described as the Lord who sanctifies. In the middle of all of these laws, these testimonies, these commandments about what to build, how how in the world can a holy God dwell in the midst of an unholy people? Well, I I want you to build a tabernacle. And and what's to go on in that tabernacle? There are, are priests who are going to serve as mediators between an unholy people and a holy God. Well, how in the world is that even possible? Here are all of these sacrifices. And in the middle of providing all of that instruction, how does the Lord God Almighty describe? Himself. I am who I am, the one who sanctifies you. I know that you are broken, and I'm inviting you to treat me as Yahweh Rapha, the Lord, your healer. But again, I want you to notice how the dots are connected. He introduces himself unashamedly, unequivocally. This is who I am. And if, it's the biggest word in this verse, 
if you will diligently listen to the voice of Yahweh your God and do that which is right in His eyes and give ear to His commandments and keep all His statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians for. I am Yahweh, your healer. When the Amalekites in Exodus chapter 17 attack the children of Israel from behind and God miraculously delivers them as Moses holds the staff of the Lord above his head in celebration of the victory that everyone who was there could understand. Moses didn't do this. Aaron didn't do this. Hur didn't do this. Joshua didn't do this. None of our soldiers did this. It was the Lord. Let's build an altar and call the name of it Yahweh Nissi. The Lord is my banner. In fact, the reason we are alive in the wilderness, He is Yahweh Ra'ah. The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me beside still waters. He leads me in paths of righteousness. He leads me in the pathways of shalom. Peace. That's how Gideon describes him in Judges chapter 6 and verse 24. Gideon built an altar there to Yahweh and called it Yahweh is O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. If you remember one verse from our time together this morning, what a great verse to carry out with you. To put on a sticky note, to put on a, a note in your phone, to revisit over and over and over again this week. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Before we're done, would you join me in the first book of our New Testaments, Matthew chapter 1. Because where all of this is ultimately leading is to the best news ever. Could I share that news with you? We'll connect the dots and we'll be done for the morning. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, centuries and centuries after all of this introduction of Yahweh to his people and to the world and, and for people to be recognizing, oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The world was enveloped in sin and in darkness. Not treating God as God, failing to honor Him as God, or give thanks to Him. And in Matthew chapter 1, as people in darkness, groping in darkness, in need desperately of light, this is the news that began to spread. Matthew 1 verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place 
in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name. Ever since the beginning of time, names have always had significance. And when an angel of the Lord tells this young couple to call his name Jesus, they knew, even though you and I may not know, exactly what that name means. Yeshua. Yahweh saves. Four. He will save his people from their sins. How, how literally are we to treat him as Yahweh saves? Matthew helps us out when he tells us in verse 22, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Which means... God with us. Our theme for the year is bringing the best. And we've tied that to certain key verses. Whether you eat or you drink or, or whatever you do. Do all to the glory of God. Whatever you do in word or deed. Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And so what will it look like this week for you to live in the name of the Creator and Preserver of all things? Will you thank Him at the beginning of every morning for preserving another day? What will it live this week Look like this week to live in the name of the possessor of heaven and earth. Will we treat the things that we have as we're just stewards who are holding on to these things for a little while? This, this is not what life is all about. These are just gifts of the possessor of heaven and earth. What will it look like to live in the sight of the God who sees? How diligent would we be to spend time in prayer if we really believed the God who looks after me hears me when I pray? What will it look like to live for the sake of the name of God Almighty? If he is for me, who can be against me? The God who does not faint or grow weary, whose faithfulness endures. 
and is calling me to follow in his footsteps. The Lord of all the earth. When someone asks me how I spent my weekend, what an opportunity to talk about more than how cold it is and whether or not you watched football. but to talk about how you were able to worship in the name of the Lord of all the earth. I am who I am. The one who provides. The one who, though I have been a mess, sanctifies and heals. The one for whom I am really living. My shepherd and my peace. What an incredible opportunity is ours to live in the light of his holy and awesome name. And perhaps you are very much a mess this morning and you feel very unworthy and you're not sure that any of this could possibly apply to you. What news you've heard that Yahweh saves, took on flesh and blood, came and lived among us in the appearance of a man and humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross, in order to save people created in God's image from their silly, self-centered sins. We're going to stand and sing a plea that Jesus, would, would you be my Savior? Would you pilot me? Because the aim this morning is not simply to learn his name but to understand the meaning of the name and have that open my heart to, if that's you, if that's true, I need you with everything that I am. And if that's where you are this morning and we can be of some help in you connecting with him, being reconciled to him, being baptized in his name for the forgiveness of your sins, praying with you and for you in his name, to the God who hears. Would you let us know how we can help you? By coming to the front while we stand and sing together.